Welcome in, everybody, to the latest All Lions podcast, made possible thanks to Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation. I am the Doc, John McAroon, here today to break down all things regarding the Detroit Lions 2022 NFL Draft is our guy, Logan Lamarandier, great SI All Lions writer, definitely dialed into the draft. I know he's excited this week for what's going to happen on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, as the NFL world pays attention to one of the biggest marquee events, the Lions Super Bowl, as they call it. It is the NFL Draft. I'm excited. I know Logan's excited to talk to me this morning. Logan, what's happening? What's going on? It's draft week. So, yeah, very exciting times. Um, This is, like you said, this is my Super Bowl every year. I love doing this stuff, and I love breaking down the players, and it's exciting that it's finally here. Yeah, absolutely. And basically, it's like the season premiere of the All Lions podcast as we start to explore what the Lions should do, what they will do, what it looks like when it all shakes out. But let's start with some hilarity. Can you believe the NFL really put out their draft order and messed up the fact that the Lions had uh, nine picks recorded? And then when they officially looked at it and the Broncos were like, well, you know, we did kind of make a trade with the Lions and it might have involved a seventh round pick. Can the league look into that to see if we can actually have that pick? And the league's like, oh, yeah, you got that pick. And the Lions just out of the blue went from nine NFL draft picks to losing their seventh round pick in a, in a move that everyone felt like only the Lions would have it where the NFL puts out officially Two drafts order, uh, two draft orders, and then all of a sudden, by the time they officially look at it, the Lions now shake out with eight official 2022 picks. No seventh rounder as of now. So odd. I would love to know just the backstory of how that all went down, or you know, did did Broncos say something, or how how does that work? Where this late in the process, they're like, oh, you're right, yeah, that, that's the Broncos pick now, and met the conditions. So I don't know. Maybe the conditions said something about, I, I just don't know how it happened. It just seems really Lions-like, unfortunately. But fortunately, at least it's only a seven-round pick as well. It's not something crazy, but it's still a very unique situation where I, I was just big on having nine picks, and I guess it's eight, and it makes our job a little easier, I guess, because the seventh-round pick, you know, you're not waiting around for that to happen. But I could still see the Lions doing some trading and moving around anyways. They might try to add some later picks or if there's any guys they like go after them. So who knows? We'll see how it plays out, but seventh round pick, you know, those are usually uh priority free agents anyways that uh, you're looking at in that range. But every once in a while, there's a nice player in the seventh round that you grab. So it it's unfortunate, but not the worst thing in the world. Absolutely. So before we get into the nitty gritty nuts and bolts, of the Lions draft, what we're looking at, what we want to see. How are you feeling about the Lions ahead of the draft? Because a lot of the talk has been about free agency and the lack of external moves. Brad Holmes addressed it in his pre-draft media session. He said, look, I understand the perception of being aggressive, but he looked at it like the team was aggressive in bringing back their own free agents, making calculated moves at wide receiver and bringing in players that have a lot to prove young, hungry players. So he kind of, you know, told the company line and expressed that, look, though the players that we brought in weren't free. We allocated some funds to Charles Harris, to Tracy Walker. But what has a lot of people concerned is really still the, it's not the, in my opinion, the belief that they didn't get enough external 
free agents. It's the belief of taking the time necessary to rebuild. And I know fans get at times a little antsy because of the fact you saw teams go out there in one of the biggest and largest player movement cycles that everyone saw, and the Lions didn't really get in the mix. So what I feel like is going on is there's a debate regarding how long a rebuild should take, which is, I think, the juicier and the meatier discussion to have, because I can tend to agree with some fans who could say, look, you could have a four-year plan to get to the playoffs, but why not try to potentially expedite it to three if the likes of a Debo Samuel are there, if there's a quarterback like a Russell Wilson that's there, maybe you could expedite this rebuild and still have success as opposed to, you know, waiting and waiting and building and building really from the ground up. And I think that maybe now, maybe after the draft, maybe people will recognize Brad Holmes and the Lions are tearing it down and are building it from the studs up. Now, can you build it really, really fast? Some fans think you can by making certain moves, but unfortunately, in regards to the cap and how much money you'd have to spend, it would basically cost a a significant amount to try and do it that way. So I still think it's fair to give the Lions another draft class to see how many of the eight or more players, if they end up making more draft trades, how many of them can be successful? Because you could argue four contributors, two on offense and two on defense, could make this a team that could win six to eight games. But I definitely respect those that say, hey, we've been waiting since the 1950s for this to go. Hurry this shit up. Hurry up. Let's not uh, continue to uh, take the approach where, hey, Dan Campbell's got six years and Brad Holmes has got five to use every single one of them because there were some players available the Lions could have targeted that might have gotten them to a lot more wins in year two and three than they're probably on pace for. I have no problem with what Brad Holmes has done, and it's probably all about expectations. And I said even before Brad Holmes was hired, before, you know, really before Bob Quinn was even fired, that whoever takes over is going to have a big mess on their hands. It's going to take time to rebuild. I know Lions fans don't want to hear that, but that's the reality of the situation where the Lions Holmes has a ton to do in terms of just taking down what Quinn did and then rebuilding back up. And you need to build through the draft. In my opinion, there's, there's no point of bringing in players right now that are going to maybe get you one or two more wins in a mediocre season to me, it's all about building the draft capital. And in year two, I had limited expectations for year one, obviously, but even year two, I don't think the expectations should be you're trying to be a mediocre team. Yes, you want to get better and improve, but that should be through the draft. To me, I, I would like very I actually like what Brad Holmes did, where he's not signing these big long contracts, he's not tied down to any one player. We're gonna have cap space in the future to go after players to kind of fill needs. And at this point, you can still take the best player who's available in the draft, find your playmakers there, and then once the time is right, you can start getting more aggressive. But I still don't think it's that time where the Lions should be super aggressive trying to add players just so maybe instead of a six-win team, they're like an eight- or nine-win team. That doesn't do a whole lot of good. It it gives you a warm, fuzzy feeling inside that they're trending in the right direction if the Lions were to win you know, eight or nine games this year. And maybe they still will even – without adding all these big name players and free agency. But to me, I think you have to build to the draft. You have to build that foundation. And then you start leveraging the future a little bit with these big contracts, maybe making trades uh, for players and giving up draft picks in the future when you're closer than you are. But at this point, I just don't think the Lions are there. 
And I think Brad Holmes is right of, uh, you know, taking this steady approach to kind of put um, all of his chips on the table, maybe a little bit down the road when the Lions are a more uh, competitive and complete team. So I, I like what they're doing. I know it's tough because it requires patience and we don't have a lot of that right now, but um, I, I have no issues with what he's doing and I'm, I'm glad he's doing it that way. Cause I think he's building it the right way and trying to build to the draft. Yeah. And I, look, I understand the pushback that say, look, building through the draft in theory is the way to go. But unfortunately, a lot of times it's 50, 50. If that, if the prospect that a team decides to allocate resources to and bring in will actually pan out. So that is really tough when you're looking at teams that already start, uh, that are already starting way advanced, you know, that are starting way ahead of the lions. And it goes to the fact that how long would it take to eventually catch up to the Rams before they tear down? How long would it take before you catch up to the arms race that's going on in the AFC with the chiefs and the bills and the chargers who are all starting a little bit ahead and also have a lot of their pieces in place in regards to foundational quarterbacks and, and, and pieces in place that put them a little bit ahead. So that's where the, the antsiness comes in is that you're already starting a little bit behind the eight ball in the rebuild and then you got to catch up and then you got to get ahead. So, but I understand and respect those that say, look, to give yourself the opportunity to, to get sustained success. Unfortunately, you're going to hear this a lot, maybe here at All Lions and everywhere else. Uh, you, Brad Holmes didn't say it, but he in essence said it without saying it. No shortcuts, Logan. There are no shortcuts to success. And the Lions are taking the long, hard road. Build through the draft. Try to build through your offensive line and defensive lines. Try to find talent at the key positions. And then in a year or two, the team will probably make one or two splash signings to try to fill in the roster. And you have to hope that the key position that really stirs the drink, the quarterback position, can handle and really step up to the plate when the time comes. So now turning our attention to the draft. There are literally, Logan, and you know this, half a dozen players the Lions could potentially take. But we have to start with the debate that I think everybody wants to have and explore, which is if the opportunity is there for an edge rusher at number two or a quarterback, is there any scenario in which you see the Lions taking that ultimate gamble and saying, okay, the piece that we need, the piece this organization needs to get over the hump to the next level is the quarterback spot. I have a hard time seeing it being Malik Willis. I love his mobility. I love his experience. But I can't shake the fact that uh, Brad Holmes is really close to Jared Goff. I can't imagine that a quarterback like Jared Goff would really want to have a quarterback come in. You know, it would take a lot, in, in my opinion, for that to happen, especially knowing that he needs to prove himself this year. They want to make him comfortable. They 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 believe in him. They're basically building their offense in a way to suit him in regards to an O-line, a run game, talented pieces at wide receiver and tight end. I don't see it. I, I, I like the idea of Malik Willis, but I like the idea of a Malik Willis coming out of a Power 5 school than a Malik Willis coming out of Liberty. I just don't see the rewards right now outweighing the risks. Now, in five years, he's at Pittsburgh, he's, you know, at Carolina, and he develops and, and things go right. Maybe he is the next Lamar Jackson. But right now, I think the Lions 
maybe just not yet for, in the position to take a, a, a quarterback. I just I can't imagine. And I'll preview a little bit. My final mock draft is going to have an edge edge rusher at number two. I can't imagine the Lions saying Malik Willis. Like I would be shocked if that was the name that the Lions chose. It has to be defense. That's the biggest area of need right now, here and now. And there are game changers. The code word that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell have used. That is there at number two. There are game changers that could be there at number two at the edge rusher spot. I I agree. I have a hard time seeing a quarterback selected, especially with the approach Brad Holmes has taken pretty much all this offseason. It just seems a little bit more conservative and um, like looking long term. And I don't think Malik Willis at this point, I totally get his upside. He's he's got a great arm. Um, he's really like a running back in the open field, the way he runs the ball. Uh, he's like a powerful runner, which is a bit scary at the NFL level. I don't know, you know, running quarterbacks, there's that fine line between, you know, taking hits and being able to scramble. But to me, me, Malik Willis, I I understand the idea that you have to have a quarterback and you have to take a gamble and a risk sometimes. But I just think where the lions are at and their rebuild and where they're picking, they have to be able to find a player at number two overall that is a little bit more of a safer prospect, I feel like, than Malik Willis because um, he, he has all the potential, but he has a lot of things to work on too and his accuracy or maybe it's more processing, but he had a lot of just really bad interceptions. But you see his arm talent, there, it's there. The running ability is there. And he's just he's a prospect that it's like, you know what, maybe – it wouldn't surprise me completely if they took him, but I just feel like there's other high priority positions that are a lot safer and a lot project better at the NFL level than Malik Willis does. So to, to me, I think there's just better players available and it's not as much risk involved selecting an edge player that it would be a quarterback. And the lions have as much as fans might not want to hear it. I think you said it too, where Goff is, I think Holmes and co probably like golf a little bit more than the rest of us do. And uh, golf's not going anywhere this year and uh, next year, maybe, yeah, something could happen where the lions try to replace him. If he doesn't um, show up this year, getting better. And I think we kind of know what golf is. I'm not, I'd still think golf is a bridge quarterback, but um, yeah, to me, I just have a hard time seeing a quarterback being selected at number two overall. Exactly. And I don't see them potentially staying at 32 and taking a quarterback, especially some hints that have been dropped. There's a chance a team could come knocking for the number 32 pick because of that fifth year situation. So if you're looking for additional capital in this year's draft, then there's an opportunity at 32 because I think teams may indeed want the likes of a Matt Corral, Sam Howell down there at the at the end of the first round. So pay attention to that spot. Maybe the Lions won't indeed pick two times in the first round this year. Stay tuned for that. I just don't see it. I don't see a quarterback this year that would fit the game-changer mode, that would fit the need for a developmental quarterback. You have Tim Boyle, you have David Blau. Not that they're world beaters, but I think that that puts them in a position to at least feel comfortable in 2022. And you never know. They may even you know, have fallen in love with the Carson Strong in later rounds. Someone else, uh, Bailey Zappi, someone else, in lower rounds. So don't get fixated because, and also too, Logan, I think you're sensing this too. Um, One of the takeaways I got from Brad Holmes and his media session was the fact that they believe that they can take talent that might not be the supreme top end grade A plus type player, 
They may take a B-plus player, but with coaching and culture and their love of football can develop into a player that they can use. So that's the thing that sparked in my brain that really is going to be the mark of this coaching staff. Can the coaching staff coach up players to get better? Because then you you reach the zenith of football, which is the likes of the Patriots where it's plug and play, where you have a system in place and you can just go out and get any type of player that you feel fits and they can work. And that's what was the key for the Patriots' success. It's hard to replicate, and that's why so many teams want to shortcut it because you see a Debo Samuel and you're like, okay, wide receiver, productive, get him. It's different when you say, hey, can we get a Khalif Raymond and a DJ Chark and Josh Josh Reynolds and make them a little bit better collectively? So that will be something to see in terms of player development. How do AJ Parker, Jeff Okuda, how do the how does this roster develop? under this coaching staff because that makes it really advantageous for the Lions. So good. You're, you and I are on the same page. You understand your whys. This defense needs to be overhauled. And Vito amazingly uh, exceeded my expectations. He penned a piece for SIO Lions asking how many players of the eight should be on defense, and he said five or more. And I absolutely agree. I really thought and would have projected he would have said four to play it right down the middle. But yes, five or more players, in my opinion, should be on defense. Starting with number two, I can't shake the fact that when you watch the film on Kayvon Thibodeau, he seems to me to be the player that has the most upside, raw talent, and the best ability to become a productive game changer at the pass rush position. I know there's question marks, but the idea is of having a good culture is if you have a culture in place, that should supersede a player's natural desire to loaf or to not want to be there. Look, you can't have a perfect player to be all things perfect in all areas. I'm okay with a me-first kind of guy that maybe takes a playoff here and there as opposed to when, hey, it's third down and seven and you know, hey, Kayvon, go out there and make it happen. He'll collapse and aid in the collapse of the pocket so that maybe Aleem McNeil or that uh, Levi Onzerike can wreck the pocket. So there's opportunities here to make this defensive line better. And so for me, it's Kayvon. I like Kayvon Thibodeau. I like his edge. I like what he's got. I like his burst. I like what I see. And I like his potential with Aaron Glenn. Am I wrong? Am I being short-sighted here? Do you think Kayvon is the guy at number two when it ultimately is time for the Lions to call in their, uh, to write the name down on the draft card and turn it in? Yeah. Yep. Kayvon's my guy too. Um, just seeing what he does on film, I, I think, yes, I know that Trayvon Walker's in the mix just purely from an athletic standpoint, but I don't think you should be able, you should want to take that type of projection all the way at number two overall. That just doesn't really, I think Kayvon Thibodeau has um, a much higher floor than, than Walker does. And I like what he does on film and the whole personality or character concerns. We obviously don't know the whole story with that, but at the same time, uh, I feel like that's more of Alliance culture issue. If, if they don't like someone's personality. And one of the reasons I, I liked the Dan Campbell hire was I thought he could kind of take on these type of different personalities and, and fit them in. And the culture would, you know, lead these guys to success. And he's a culture hire. That's what Campbell was. So to me, um, I, I really, I really like Kayvon Thibodeau. If obviously Aiden Hutchinson goes number one, Kayvon Thibodeau is my next player that I would like to have the Lions select. And mostly just because of his pass rushing prowess. And 
uh, just the ability that he has. His first step is elite, and I think he has a very high ceiling. So that's it's a very important position, defensive end. And the Lions have some nice players on the edge, but they need, as Brad Holmes would call it, what game changers. I think that's what Kim Thibodeau is, and that's in my mind he should be the selection if he's there. So we'll see what happens. But to me, that's that's my guy, and I think. Um, Surprisingly, a lot of other fans feel that way as well, even though the national draft pundits kind of have Kayvon Thibodeau a little bit lower. It sure seems like Lions fans are all on board with Thibodeau if he'd be the selection. The scenario that puts the Lions probably in the biggest bind is if the Jacksonville Jaguars decide at number one to go with a Trayvon Walker or an offensive lineman. Trent Belke maybe has the potential to do that. It's not a foregone conclusion that Aiden Hutchinson is the locked, the locked-in number one overall pick. So I'm definitely curious if that scenario does indeed take place on Thursday, and the Lions are sitting there with the choice between Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau, who's the right pick? Because you can make the argument that you know Aiden Hutchinson could be the safe pick. You know you got a player that's probably going to play in the league for 10 years and be very productive. He's a hometown guy. Many fans would gravitate toward him and believe that he has the potential to play well for extended periods of time, no question about his love of football. But at the same time, Kayvon Thibodeau, like you said earlier, has the potential to really exceed that in terms of his ceiling and really become a force in the league for a long time, but comes with increased risk. At this time, who do you project to have the much better ceiling and the better NFL career? Would the Lions ever pass on Kayvon Thibodeau if the opportunity was there? Yeah, I think if Hutchinson's there, I could see him taking Hutchinson. And I like Hutchinson a little bit better. I think um, he has a higher floor than Thibodeau does. Uh, he's better against the run. I think he's a more complete player. Um, so to me, Hutchinson is the top guy, but Thibodeau is not too far behind. Um, I, I think Hutchinson has a very high ceiling as well. And he might not be Joey Bosa or, you know, any of the Bosa's, but I still think he's pretty close to me. And looking at his three cone, I really take into account the three cone times with edge rushers and Thibodeau's, um, was a little subpar because that, that three cone is typically a good indicator of how well guys can turn the corner and get around the edge. And Aiden Hutchinson had an elite three cone time of, uh, 6.73 and I look for anything under seven. So, uh, a 6.73 is just pretty absurd for a pass rusher. So that's what I really like about Hutchinson. His arm length is a bit concerning because you have to be able to use your arms on the edge. But, uh, to me, Hutchinson is my top guy. And then Thibodeau, not too far behind. Um, they both have pros and cons, but I, I'd like Hudson a little bit better. Just I think it's a, a more safe pick than probably Thibodeau would be. Absolutely. I agree with you. Um, it's something where I think that if Aiden Hutchinson's there, I, I would really feel like the Lions would have a hard time passing on him because they know, I believe, what they're going to get in a player that has the potential for a great career and not uh, and likely will not cause any problems for an organization. So heading into the draft, what do you think the Lions must accomplish over the course of the seven round 2022 NFL draft? What do you want to have happen when you collectively look at those eight picks and you say to yourself, okay, what do the Lions have to have happen in order for this to be a successful draft for Brad Holmes and company? 
To me, I know there's a lot people put positional need on there and they have to draft certain positions. I, I still don't feel like the Lions have to draft certain positions. I s- truly feel that they should be taking the best player available because they need talent across the board anywhere. They can maybe outside of offensive line, every position could be upgraded and could help. Now there's certain positions that are more valuable like edge that I think the Lions need to go after. Um, and fortunately for the Lions, if you look at 32 and 34 where they're selecting, I think there's going to be a ton of talent um, at positions of need for the Lions, specifically at safety, uh, at linebacker. There's a, a cluster of linebackers that I think are going to be really good right in that 32, 34 range. And same with receiver uh, guys like George Pickens. He's probably who I'm most high on. He's your true X receiver um, is able to make just insane catches, has great hands, good athleticism. I think he's a solid uh, you know, number one type of receiver that just kind of got lost in the mix due to injury last year and poor quarterback play the year before that. But as a true freshman, he was just tearing it up. So I, I like him, but I'm not going to say there's really anything the Lions have to do in terms of going down the draft board and, you, oh, you have to take X position here, or X position there. If there's someone that's slipping at another position that might not be a super big need, you have to look long-term for the Lions and, select talent and you look all across the Lions roster and there's plenty of just uh, one year contracts. There's um, you know, looking at the depth chart and a couple years from now, there's still a lot of holes. So I, I don't think the Lions have to say they're going to draft certain positions um, based off need. I, I don't think the Lions are at the point to do that anyways. They're not, they have holes to fill, but they're not like those Super Bowl contending teams that need just a couple positions to really put them over the top. The Lions just need talent anywhere. So to me, um, it, it kind of what like Brad Holmes did last year, as long as he's taking what they feel is the best player available and they turn out to be good football players, that's that's all you can really ask for. And it's tough to gauge right after the draft how good certain players are going to be. But I just don't want to see any big reaches for just positions of need. Um, and I don't think they will, they didn't do that last year. And I don't think that's really what Brad Holmes is going to do this year either. Yeah, absolutely. As long as there is a target of players on defense, whether it be at safety, cornerback, linebacker, defensive line, and potentially the, 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 the position that you would look for on offense is at wide receiver. So I think that's four positions right there. And I think that Brad Holmes right now has a lot of respect and confidence of the fans just based on the draft that he was able to accomplish and what he brought in in 2021. So 2022 is looking to be a great a great opportunity to add an influx of talent. Are there any under-the-radar names that you're looking for and looking at in later rounds? I know a lot of people like the linebacker, Chad Muma. They like Isaiah Likely, the tight end. Many people are looking at you know, quarterback and running backs, maybe a Kenneth Walker who by far has placed himself among the elite wide, uh, the elite running backs, excuse me, in the draft class. I think Kenneth Walker did himself a lot of good things, potentially now could move up the draft board for a lot of teams. I think there's a lot of great players that you could find a lot of diamonds in the rough in this year's draft that if the Lions added them, put them in their system, have an opportunity to play really, really well, uh, to play really, really well and compliment Amonra St. Brown and compliment the likes of Anzalone and uh, Derek Barnes on defense. And I think that when you look at it, really the, the, the position that I'm looking at in regards to who the player is going to be is going to be who, if they decide to take a cornerback or a safety, which player would that be to complement uh, the players that are already on the roster? Any under-the-radar names 
that have you going, okay, let's try and target this player to bring him to the roster? Yeah, I got quite a few, and it's it's tough because, uh, especially at linebacker um, in the second round, I'd be happy with quite a few guys early in the second round. And if any of them were to fall to the third round, yeah, that'd be that'd be great. So I've seen, depending on what draft mock draft you look at, there's players that are slipping to the third round. Like oh, I can't see that guy being there, but if he were, that'd be that'd be great. So you mentioned Chad Muma, I'd be fine taking him in the second round, but if he's there in the third round. I'm all for it. Um, Same with Troy Anderson, Montana State linebacker, who's just super athletic, probably the most athletic linebacker in the draft and has a super interesting backstory about being at Montana State. He was a running back. He was a quarterback. And then they switched him over to linebacker. And at like 243 pounds, he has great size. He's 6'3", ran a 4'4", and just tested off the charts in just about every category. And that's the type of player that I think the Lions could develop has all the potential in the world. Um, Brian Asamoah is another undersized linebacker that I like that would be in the third round. Um, so he's solid as well. Brandon Smith, another linebacker. Uh, again, much like Troy Anderson, has all the athletic traits and the size, uh, but the production just wasn't quite there. And But he really took a step forward, I think, last year and looked a lot better. Um, it's really in the middle rounds. That's when I think you have to start kind of bypassing maybe a little bit of we need exposition. If there's a guy who is slipping or a guy that you don't think should be there, like what's he still doing on the draft board? You have to take him almost regardless of position. And I think even a right guard at this point or a lineman in the middle rounds should be considered because it's a pretty deep class of interior linemen uh, in the middle rounds. And Hal Vitae, he's on a reasonable contract this year, but uh, next year, his contract goes up. He's getting, I think his cap hits around a little over $11 million next year, which is quite a bit for the type of production you're getting there. So t- to me, I think an offensive guard or just having like a reserve tackle, maybe a swing tackle that can also play guard in the middle rounds would be solid because it's, again, you're looking at needs down the line. I think right guard could potentially be a position there. And then even tight end, I mocked a tight end to the Lions in, <laughs> in the middle rounds. And no one seemed to like that pick, but I do think that second tight end spot is a very valuable position in the Lions offense. And TJ Hawkinson has dealt with injuries and the Lions just have nobody behind him. So I think a second tight end is a sneaky pick. Uh, Trey McBride is my top tight end. I don't think he should be there at pick 66 or in the third round. Um, But if he is, I would have no problem taking him there. Um, And then Greg Dulcich, it's kind of my guy too, where he's just an athletic guy, maybe more of a pass catcher than blocker. Lions might want more of a blocker as a tight end too, but still someone who is interesting. Jelani Woods, another super athletic tight end. Uh, I'm I'm willing to bet on if you're taking a tight end, I want an ath- athletic tight end. The Lions just need someone who can help out there. So those are kind of my middle of the rounds, under the radar type of players. But I wouldn't be surprised if they literally went any position in the middle rounds because, like I said earlier, they still need to be drafting best player available. They still need to be drafting for upside and making this roster better, not only this year, but keeping in mind the long-term future as well. Could not have said it better myself. There's a lot of good players. There's a lot of great things that could potentially happen for the Lions in this draft. I think there's going to be some moves. I do not see them trading down from number two. I think the one thing that people are kind of intrigued by is could he, could Brad Holmes be willing to trade the number 32 pick for additional capital in this year's draft? I think that's plan A. 
is to maybe get additional picks in the second or third round. So that would also uh, be a benefit. And maybe the A-plus option would be to get maybe one pick in this year's draft and one pick in next year's draft to secure additional capital, a two-for-one type situation because of the the lure of the fifth year for whoever is en- who en- whoever ends up being the number 32 pick, whether it be a quarterback. Teams definitely like the opportunity to control young players and have that fifth-year option. So I think that might be the trade that takes place. I think the dream scenario would be maybe even to package 32, 34, get up to 14, 15, get the top wide receiver that you really like. So I'm curious. I'm fascinated to see the level of aggressiveness that takes place in this year's draft. And make sure you guys stay tuned to SIO Lions for all your coverage regarding the draft, the the reactions, the grades, everything that you would want to know about these players will have at SIO Lions. Final thought, Logan. This is it. This is the big time for the Detroit Lions. It's an opportunity for the team to get better, and it's a really important draft in my mind. I think it's the singular, uh, probably most important draft, like every draft tends to be, but this one's really important in order to shape the future of this Lions team. Second year in a rebuild, this is a draft where you can't have too many misses. You might have missed on one or two players in last year's draft, and you still have some players on the the current roster that are shaking, seeing other players that were taken later do a lot better, a la DeAndre Swift, who now potentially is in a draft class with maybe arguably the best running back in the entire league. So you can't have too many of those situations happen. But your final thought on this year's draft, how are you going to take it in? And boy, oh boy, it's an important time. Thursday, Thursday night into the weekend is going to be a fun time for all Lions fans. Yeah, it's always always a good time to see what they select. And uh, at least we only have one year of experience with Brad Holmes as the general manager, but uh, you're just hoping for none of those Bob Quinn, like, what, like, what is this pick? Okay, like, makes no sense. I think uh, Brad Holmes, I like what he's doing. Um, and at this point, you just kind of have to put trust in the players that they like. And if there is something that surprises you, just keep in mind, I, I keep preaching it all draft season long. Uh, that the Lions had to look long-term. It's not all about, they're not just trying to go all in this year. So if they're taking a position that you don't feel is necessarily a need this year, it probably is a need long-term. So um, they just have to find players and not reach for certain guys. So that's really all I got. Absolutely. Make sure you guys follow Logan on Twitter at Randier. Definitely has wonderful polls. You can engage with other Detroit Lions supporters in regards to which positions you would be okay with, not okay with. Definitely a great follow. And definitely make sure to read him next weekend as he gives his overall review and grades based on the draft. And remember, guys, when the draft is done, the coverage doesn't stop. We will grade the entire draft. We'll start looking at projections. We'll start looking at how this fits. And make sure you pay attention as well because... Then you have the undrafted free agents where we'll have our primer, we'll have our um, we'll have our draft preview primers, we'll have predictions, we'll have everything in regards to the draft. I'll be there probably at Allen Park for the entire duration. Um, I'm dedicated to the Lions all next weekend. So make sure you stick and stay to SI All Lions by visiting si.com slash NFL slash Lions for all your Detroit Lions coverage 24-7, 365. We're all about it. It's a fun team to cover and definitely a rebuilding team. And now we have an opportunity to look at how this team is going to shake out over the next couple months. So good stuff there. Logan, please enjoy the draft. I know it's a fun time. I know it's fast-paced, but 
as well as the Lions, a lot of the teams in the league, I'm definitely interested in what the Jaguars do, what the Jets do. Do they play around with their picks? Saints, Eagles, so much good stuff can happen, and it's a fun time. So make sure you get in the mix, engage, and I can't wait to see your opinions on all the picks as we uh, now start and kick off another year, I think the fourth year of the All Lions podcast since 2019. So this is going to be good, and we'll try to bring weekly audio content to all you guys because we know you like it. Thanks, Logan. Appreciate it, John. Good stuff.